podcast number 62, Yesterday by Paul McCartney, 1965. This is one of the most recorded songs in music history, over 2,200 covers. McCartney said the melody came to him in a dream. He said, I quote, I just fell out of bed, found out what key I had dreamed it in, end quote. In 1964, just before the Beatles arrived in America, rock music was stagnant, in a rut, nothing exciting, new, or innovative. The world was in mourning after the assassination of President John F. Kennedy on November 22, 1963. Then, in February 1964, the Beatles appeared on the Ed Sullivan TV variety show. What followed was unprecedented. A musical and cultural revolution exploded. Music, dance, hairstyles, customs, mores, dress, etc. For many, the Beatles became an obsession and a religion. Even their earliest songs, something was different. Chords and progressions never used in rock, along with song construction regarding phrasing, sectioning, time signatures, overall tonality, scales, and modes. Their first big hit in America, A Hard Day's Night, opens with a G11 chord. As their songs progressed, they experimented with harmony, melody, form, instrumentation, and accompaniment, along with abstract poetry and lyrics not associated with popular songs, such as psychedelic imagery, hallucinogenic, and drug references. I truly believe all the music, performers, and diverging styles of rock emanated from one of their songs or concept albums, including associated art. Although all their songs were listed under the Lennon and McCartney heading, we know from books and interviews they wrote separately, then collaborated on the finished product with each other and the other members of the Beatles. The song Yesterday was the first one to be sung in a solo setting by Paul on an acoustic guitar with a string quartet accompaniment. The arrangement for the strings was by George Martin, their producer, and actually the fifth Beatle in regards of his input in arrangements, instrumentation, and I'm sure with formal musical techniques as he was a trained musician as well as a producer. In fact, it is said he was the one who suggested they replace their original drummer, Pete Best, with Ringo Starr. Each member of the Beatles had such an iconic image. This song was a shock to the music world. Never had a rock band come close to anything like this. This work is a prime example of innovative songwriting, everything I mentioned previously using chords, key changes, uneven sectioning, accompaniment, instrumentation, all unheard of at this time from a rock band. Through analysis, we seek to highlight this process of composition. Let's begin with the overall architecture. The song is built on two contrasting sections, the A section, the verse, and the B section, the chorus. The order is introduction, verse, verse two, chorus, Verse 3, chorus, verse 4, outro. It's in 4-4 four, four time, the key of F major. 
What may be interesting to guitarists is that Paul used an Epiphone Texan acoustic guitar tuned down a whole step so he could play in G major sounding in F. Guitarists will do this because playing in G rather than the key of F utilizes chords that contain open and closed strings, which gives the acoustic guitar its unique sound. The introduction. The introduction is only two measures long, and it features only one chord, an F chord, but the third is left out. So instead of an F major chord, it's labeled F5. It's neither a major or a minor chord. It is played in an eighth note setting. These two measures set the key, the tempo, and the overall feel of the work that follows. The verse. The verse is seven measures long, which is unusual in that most verses are predominantly eight measures long. In fact, most of our modern songs use sections and phrases of even numbers. First, let's look at the harmony, the chords and progressions of the first seven measures. As stated earlier, the song is in the key of F major. Let's listen first to the chords in the key of F. F major. G minor. A minor. B flat major. C major. D minor, E diminished, back to F. In the first measure, we hear the F5 chord. In measure two, there's an E minor seven to an A7 chord. This is the 2 minor 7 5 7 progression in the key of D major or D minor. Immediately we have a new key inferred through an unprepared modulation. The first measure confirmed we are in the key of F, but immediately in the second measure we move out of the key. In measure 3 we hear a D minor chord, so we are back in the key of F with the 6 chord. The fourth measure, we have B flat major seven to C seven. This is the four major seven, five seven in the key of F. Using the major seventh on the B flat chord is an extension that adds more emotion and color to the chord. The four, five, seven, one progression is one of the strongest cadences in music. This puts his back firmly in the key of F. In measure five, we do hear the F5 chord again for three beats. Then on the fourth beat, the bass note changes to E. So we have an F5 with an E bass for one beat. That E in the bass pulls us to the D minor chord in the next measure. This technique is often used to make a transition from one chord to another flow smoothly. In measure six, we have D minor seven to G. This is another inferred key change, this time two minor seven, five seven in the key of C major. 
Measure seven. In the last measure of the verse, we hear B flat, the four chord, for one beat, then F. We are back in the key of F major. In only seven measures, we have moved through three keys, F major, D minor, C major, and back to F major. The melody of the verse. Phrase one, the title, yesterday. The notes are G and two Fs. G is an appoggiatura. This is a non-chord tone pulling to a chord tone. G is the second of the chord, and F is the root. Non-chord tones create varying degrees of tension and color, especially with appoggiaturas. Phrase two. The lyrics are, all my troubles seem so far away. The melody for these lyrics reflect the 2 minor 5-7 chord in the key of D minor, the E minor 7 to A7 that we heard earlier. This melodic phrase uses the D melodic minor scale starting on the note A, featuring a B natural on the lyric my and C sharp on the first syllable of troubles. This leads us to the third measure far away. The scale has led us into the note E on far and two Ds on away. The E note is another appoggiatura, the ninth against the D minor, leading to the root D for away. Listen to it as I play it slowly. Hear the emotion. Here we notice one important fact. The first and third measures are similar. Measure one, we have the ninth of the F chord, the G, pulling to the root F on the F chord. In measure three, we have the ninth of the D minor chord, pulling to the root of D on the D minor chord. They are both connected in measure two by a scale. Phrase three, now it looks as though they're here to stay. Measure four, against the B-flat major seven and the C7 chords, we have another scale movement. This is for the lyrics, now it looks as though there. The scale starts on the third of the B-flat chord, the D, and then moving down through the F major scale to G, the fifth of the C seventh chord. This leads us to the lyrics, here to stay, against the F chord we hear a B-flat and two A's. Another appoggiatura, B-flat to A, against the F chord. So far, we have an appoggiatura in measure 1, a connecting scale in measure 2, an appoggiatura in measure 3, a connecting scale in measure 4, and an appoggiatura in measure 5. So we have appoggiatura, scale, appoggiatura, scale, and appoggiatura. And the appoggiaturas are very emotional. Whether this was done consciously or subconsciously, it is perfect planning and execution. At the end of measure five, we hear the lyric O. Oh. 
This is a pickup to phrase number four, the last phrase of the verse. Oh, I believe in yesterday. The lyrics, I believe in, are set against a D minor and G chord. Against the D minor chord, we have F and A, the third and fifth of the chord, and against the G chord, we have the notes G and D, also chord tones. The seventh measure, the last measure of the verse, features the notes F and two A's, all chord tones, against the B flat and F chord. The striking element of this bar is that the B flat, the four chord, is for one beat leading to the one chord, F5, which is played in eighth notes, supporting and emphasizing the end of yester and day. The second verse enters now, which repeats the first verse, although it does have variations in melody and rhythm to accommodate the new lyrics. Reinterpreting any phrase or section is crucial in making a work interesting. The chorus, the B section. The chorus is eight measures long, divided into two four-bar phrases. So now, in opposition to the verse, we have even number sectioning and phrases. The two four-bar phrases are basically similar except their endings. In a conventional compositional technique, the first phrase, the antecedent, ends with a pause similar to a comma in English composition. And the second phrase, the consequent, comes to a rest on the root of the one chord, the note F. So the two together form a sentence. The first phrase, four measures long, pauses with a comma, and the second phrase comes to an end with a period. The lyrics of the first phrase are, why she had to go, I don't know, she wouldn't say. For the lyric why, we have the note A against an E minor chord. This creates an E minor 11 chord. The lyric she, another A, against the A7 chord, which is the root. Notice how the same note changes its color as the background chord changes. As I often mention, music is shifting shades of color. Measure two of the chorus, we have the lyrics, had to go, I don't. This is emphasized by a chord change on every beat. This is such a strong effect, adding emphasis on every lyric. The four chords are a D, a C, a B flat, and an A. We see four major chords, strong, all pulling in a downward motion to the G minor six, the two minor six, and then the C7, the five seven chord in the third measure. The melody supporting the lyrics 
No, she wouldn't say, uses mostly chord tones, leading to the pause I previously mentioned on the third of the F chord, an A note. Paul sings this A. It's not in the chord because he's playing an F5 chord, which omits the A. The second half of the chorus, I said something wrong, now I long for yesterday. This is a repeat of the first phrase. However, this time, as I mentioned previously, it comes to a definite resting cadence on the lyric day with the root of the one chord, F. After the chorus, we have another verse which uses the same music with new lyrics. Another chorus. At the end of this chorus, though, there's a nice touch. On the lyric day, Paul, instead of ending with the F, the root, he adds three more notes descending down to the first note G of the verse. C, B flat, and A. We hear the verse one more time. This time, however, Paul adds on a coda. Instead of ending with a chorus, as many songs do, he adds a poignant touch by simply humming the notes to I Believe in Yesterday. Notice how he slows down, adds accents to each note, adding emotion, stressing the sadness of the song. Thank you so much for listening to this analysis. I hope you can use some of the techniques highlighted, especially in regards to phrasing, sectioning, melodic, and harmonic construction. If you are interested, I have videos on YouTube dealing with various aspects of composition. Also available on Amazon, my book, The Songwriter's Guide to Melodies. I'd like to end with a quote, Deepak Chopra. What keeps life fascinating is constant creativity of the soul. Thanks again. Take care. Joe.